everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Ethos NBA DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Keith Cork, and I am joined by a lawn, a lawn mist friend here. I uh, haven't had a chance to record a pod with him for, in a while, but uh, Mr. Lee Schwartz, how are you, Lee? It's been a while. I know you've been crushing it solo, man. I've been listening to the pod uh, on the days I haven't been able to make it, but how's, how's DFS life treating you since we're catching up here? Just trying to live up to those Keith Cork expectations, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny. I was just on vacation for a week and uh, spent three days in Vegas and four in California. And it's uh, it, first of all, it's crazy to me that you go to Vegas. It's the one place you can't play DraftKings or FanDuel. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> so I didn't play it all there, obviously. And then uh, went to California and just kind of did family stuff there. So I didn't I really have felt like I've been out of touch for a week. It's amazing how disconnected you can get in just one yeah. week time. How fast yeah. the NBA changes, especially after the All-Star break where all the trades have happened and all the guys are losing playing time and all the yeah. young young guys are getting in some rosters now. And it's uh, yeah. said, I feel like a bit of a fish out of water today, so I'm glad you're along. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, it's definitely an interesting time of season just to kind of give you guys a large view here. Uh, it's a good good comment there, Lee. I like having you on the pod with me because you always open up my mind here and let me speak to some bigger concepts. But, uh, but yeah, you know, obviously we're entering take season, take season at this point, guys. Uh, and people are just freely. I mean, you look at the Pistons tonight. I called some of those plays that were really going to be good. Isaiah Livers, uh, you know, uh, Corey Joseph, some of those guys that just haven't been getting minutes or, or a lot of touches all season, and suddenly they're getting a whole bunch of usage because you know there's no Jaden Ivey, there's no uh, uh, Bojan Madanovic. Just you know, all these guys are sitting because people are just trying to get the best draft you know, capital they can get and give the young guys some runs. So, uh, kind of just a larger view there. We are kind of in silly season right now, so things are a little bit wonky. Uh, but I think this is a good slate in front of us, Lee. And, uh, you know, as I was telling you, talking to you before, you know, we've got six games here, an early two-game slate and a late four-game slate. Uh, I would have to say I probably feel better about the late four-game slate, but I still do like some stuff on the early two-game slate. So let's just hop right into it here. Uh, we do have some injury news here to keep our eyes on. Darius Garland is questionable with a quad injury, so we do have to keep our eyes on that one. Jared Allen is doubtful with an eye injury. Don't think he plays in this one, so that's a really interesting one uh, for sure. And we've got Mark Williams. I'm going to list him as questionable with that thumb injury. He got ruled out for the game today. It's a back-to-back for them. Maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't. We'll have to see. Uh, ben Simmons upgraded to questionable with that knee and back soreness. Uh, I don't think they have a whole lot of incentive to play Ben Simmons. <laughs> maybe they do. Maybe they're trying to like increase his trade value or something. But uh, I'd have to leap towards him probably not playing. But uh, he is questionable officially. So we'll have to keep our eyes on that and see how that goes. Uh, but, Lee, let's talk about the first game here, which is Brooklyn and Denver. Uh, we've currently got a Denver Nuggets eight-point spread here in favor of the Nuggets and a 232 game total. Let me just have you, uh, I've been talking a while, let me have you just start us off here. Who's, uh, who are you looking at on the Brooklyn side of the ball? Yeah, one thing that kind of struck me this last week, or actually just doing some research today, is, you know, to even on a two-game slate like this, you got to probably hit 320 to win a GPP. You know, maybe slightly less than a clash game, but, you know, 320 divided by eight is still 40 on average per player in your lineup. So, one thing that's really struck me and I'm going to try to really do more of is try to only play guys that have 40-point upside because the problem you have now is, especially on a two-game slate and even the later four-game slate, is that you're going to find one good value play that maybe will get you 25 points, but that then somebody else has to make up those 15 to get you to that 40 average. So, you know, it's a big deal right now. to You can find that good $4,000, $5,000 player, but if they only score you 25, somebody else has to pick up the slack. And Another part of that thinking is that you have to have the Jokic's of the world in your lineups. You have to figure out a way to get them in because that's how you make up for that for those value plays, you know. So 
Uh, on the Brooklyn side today, I don't like a lot. And, and how does, is he not already called Brooklyn Bridges? I, it just seems like a natural fit. Uh, so certainly Bridges, uh, he's averaged about 43-plus fantasy points per game, four out of his last five. At 8,200, he's not a bad play. Dinwiddie's averaged about 43 his last six. He scored, I think, 54 his last game. He's 7,600 today. So, you know, those two are not bad plays, but obviously they're priced accordingly. And on the Denver side, uh, certainly Jokic, 77 his last game. Uh, I really like Jamal Murray lately. He's, you know, he's 8,000, so his price is appropriate, but he's, you know, he's scored 40-plus fantasy points four of his last five. And and then the other, the only other player I really like from this first game is your favorite, uh, Kendall Caldwell-Pope. <laughs> and uh, at 4,600, you know, he's he's very, you know, he's not going to score you 40 points every night. He's not, sometimes he's going to score you 15 points tonight, but at least he's got that 40-point potential that I mentioned I'm looking for these days. Yeah, he's got a nice stat set. You know, obviously he contributes in everything, rebounds, assists, points, uh, three steals. So uh, it's a nice little, uh, you know, layer of, of, of uh, stats that can definitely get you uh, you know, start counting pretty quickly. So uh, I do like that call. Uh, yeah, I've got the same two guys on the Brooklyn side. I do have Mikhail Bridges at 8,200 and uh, Spencer Dinwiddie at 7,600. I've got Spencer Dinwiddie circled for me. Um, I think, you know, for Mikhail Bridges, it's a fine play. I think his usage is good. Um, it's a rough matchup here against Denver, obviously. So um, I've got probably more interest in, in the second game we're going to talk about in terms of spending up on guys. I'm, I don't even really think I want a whole lot of Jokic because I know Nicholas Claxton is a really good defensive player. But I think at the end of the day, you have to spend your money somewhere. And if you spend it on Jokic, I mean, that's always a smart investment. So I can't you know, blame anybody there. I'm going to go a different direction just because I play, I play a lot of GPPs. I think Jokic is going to be highly owned. So I'm going to try to try to outplay the field here. Uh, it's probably going to burn me because Jokic, obviously a very talented player, could have a triple-double within the first half against this team if you wanted to. Uh, but that's the other thing that scares me about this game is, you know, it's an eight-point spread, but I think Denver should be favored by more than that, honestly. Uh, Brooklyn's been dropping games left and right. So I feel like Denver is going to beat that spread and, and hopefully – you know, hopefully it doesn't become a blowout, but it could become a blowout. And that's on a two-game slate. That's really dangerous. So um, something to obviously keep in mind. One guy you didn't mention, though, Lee, uh, on the Denver side that I do have interest in here. Uh, kind of a wonky name. Not somebody I bring up a whole lot, but Bruce Brown at 4,300. Got a little bit of a narrative vibe going on here. Obviously played for Brooklyn. Um, you know, did did his best work for Brooklyn. Uh, don't think, you know, he necessarily has a bad, you know, taste in his mouth. Brooklyn's a totally different team at this point. Uh, but still, I think, you know, uh, maybe it's a chance for him to uh, show that, you know, show that crowd, you know, that he is still a very good basketball player. They should have given up on him, that kind of thing. Uh, he's a little bit cheaper than Contavious Cole Pope, I believe. So, uh, so he's actually the guy I'm targeting here uh, on the Denver side. But yeah, I'm not looking to spend up a whole lot here. So, let's talk about the Cleveland uh, Cavaliers and Charlotte Hornets. So, I, I will go ahead and start us off here because this is where I'm looking to spend up. And uh, you know, let's talk about Donovan Mitchell and, and Evan Mobley, which are two of my favorite targets here. Uh, obviously, the Charlotte Hornets on the other side of the ball. Um, they are on a back-to-back, so that's something to keep in mind. I think it's going to be a rough game for the, the Hornets. Um, so obviously, this could also turn into a blowout. So I'm a little, I'm being a little bit contrarian for myself here, uh, but I feel like uh, definitely for me, the one guy that I'm looking at is Evan Mobley at 7,500. Uh, you know, obviously, you no know Jared Allen here. He's doubtful. I think Mobley slides into that center position pretty pretty flawlessly. We've seen centers absolutely destroy uh, the Hornets, and you know he's going to get some extra blocks, some extra rebounds here. So, uh, so Evan Mobley for sure. I think Donovan Mitchell is another guy I'd be willing to take a stab at, even if he plays three quarters. He's only ninety three hundred, so I think he can hit that value there. So, uh, talk to me about you know Cleveland side. I actually have one more play here, but I'm going to let you um, 
in case I don't want to step on your toes here. So let me talk to me <laughs> about the Cleveland side here and, and the Hornets if you want. Yeah, you're right. The Hornets are a mess. Uh, yeah. even, you know, they're playing uh, Saturday night as we speak, and uh, that even that lineup is a little notorious today. So, yeah, I honestly, to me, the Cleveland uh, starters comes completely down to whether Garland's going to play or not. You know, if he doesn't play, I really like Mitchell a lot. I mean, I almost would lock Mitchell in, just like I have been when Garland's been out. But then I think if, he, if Garland's not in, Lavert at 5,000, he's been averaging about 30.8 without Garland in the lineup. Mm-hmm. And then uh, even Ricky Rubio at 3,500, which, you know, it kind of goes against what I said earlier. Ricky Rubio, maybe his high end is only 2,530, but at 3,500, he's the kind of guy that every once in a while will throw out a 40-burger for you and uh, is the kind of guy that will offset that high salary to get to Jokic if you want. I love Mobley, uh, 39 fantasy points per game his last five. I even like Okoro just a little bit. He had about 28 his last game as well. But again, a lot of that is depending on Garland being out and those extra, the extra usage everybody else gets when he is out. So, so that to me, that's a, a big deciding factor of how many Cavaliers I'm going to play is if Garland's going to be in the lineup or not. Yeah, it's a fair point. I think I am operating pretty much on the assumption that Garland's out, but obviously he's questionable, so he could play. If he does play, that throws some wrench into things, but I think it just brings the ownership on Mitchell down a little bit. And I still like Mitchell uh, personally, but yeah, I wouldn't play LeBert if Garland's in. But yeah, of course, LeBert is another guy on my list here. Uh, you know, you mentioned him already, but uh, I think you absolutely have to play him if there's no Garland here. I think he's a really good play. Uh, the other guy I'm going to add on the uh, Cleveland side that we didn't talk about yet is actually kind of a uh, I wouldn't call it a shot in the dark. He's a very hit or miss type, type of guy, but uh, Jetty Osmond at 3,100. Um, been getting minutes in the teens, basically, teens to 20s. Uh, you know, not getting a whole lot of minutes yet, but, you know, if Garland's out, he should see that similar workload, maybe a little bit more, almost, you know, absolute uh, low pricing here. This is obviously a GPP-only type play. Um, you can obviously strike out. He might give you, like, five DK points. You never really know the Jetty Osmond. There are games, just like you say, Lee, you know, where uh, the, he goes off and gives you 30 DK points. You know, it's, it's happened in the past. So uh, he's a guy that I like to slip into my lineups when when the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers are down a body or two. So uh, on the other side of the ball, you know, you, you mentioned the Hornets, and it is an absolute mess over there. Um, but there are a couple of cheaper guys that I think you can definitely slide in there to get you to guys like Jokic. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr., I'll, I'll throw him out there at 4,700. That's a very, uh, very attractive uh, price tag on this slate. You're not going to find a guy that's under 5K that's going to pretty much guaranteed get, you know, mid-20s minutes and get some pretty good usage out of there. So some assists, some points, uh, some threes, um, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, and then I'm also going to throw in there Nick Richards at 4,000. This is, of course, if there's no Mark Williams. Uh, just absolutely going to get a whole bunch of minutes, a whole boatload of minutes. Uh, is he going to do well against the Cleveland uh, front court? I mean, they're missing Jared Allen. So, you know, it's not, not as intimidating of a, of a uh, matchup as it would be otherwise. So, uh, so those are the two guys on the Hornets I'm looking at. Are there any other guys you're looking at, Lee? No, really the same guys. You know, Rozier, uh, another good night Saturday night. And since yeah. uh, lamel has been out, he's been averaging 45-plus points per game and uh, fantasy points per game and about 35-plus minutes per game. So, uh, Dennis Smith Jr., again, one of those guys where maybe his high end is only 25 to 30, but he's very consistent in that range. And then, like you said, uh, if Mark Williams is playing at 6,000, I'm probably going to have him in a lineup. And if not, Nick Richards, uh, who's having a decent Saturday night as we speak. And uh, 35.5, or excuse me, 33.5 uh, fantasy points his last game. I think he's over 30 again tonight. So, you know, I think he's a reliable fill in, especially at 4,000. Yeah. 
So uh, we can move on there. Uh, but yeah, those are uh, our plays there for the first, uh, you know, two game slate there. The early slate, those games start a little bit earlier. Uh, we'll go on to the four game main slate. If you guys don't have it yet, get the DFS pass, sportsethos.com. Uh, come talk to us in the Discord. You know, we're still waiting for some chatter there. Uh, so if you guys get a little active there, let us you know, know what you're thinking, because we're letting you know what we're thinking every every single slate. So uh, do get in there. It's really, really cheap. Um, hop in. We are still building this team out. Got some exciting things in the works here uh, for next season and beyond. So I'm looking forward to all that, Lee. Uh, hopefully free up some more of my time to, to do some, you know, maybe live broadcasts and things of that nature. Don't want to drop too many, too many uh, explosive bombs here, but things like that. And we are looking forward to that. So but let's move on to the four game slate here. Uh, we do have a fair amount of uh, injury news here. Brandon Ingram is questionable with a foot injury. Uh, obviously got ruled out in the last game, so we'll have to keep our eye on that. Uh, Jalen Brunson, questionable with a foot injury, uh, also ruled out today, so we'll keep our eyes on that one as well. Keldon Johnson, questionable with a foot injury as well. All feet, <laughs> lots of foot injuries. Uh, Jeremy Sohan, questionable with a knee injury. And Mo Bamba is out for four weeks with a uh, high ankle sprain. Unfortunately, that sucks for the Lakers, but uh, you know, not, not a whole lot, I think, DFS-wise, but I just wanted to mention it there since that's kind of a new injury. So those are the guys that I'm looking at for the injury news that we have to keep on track of. Um, let's talk, you know, let's talk shop here. Uh, let's start, uh, where do I have a lot of interest? Let's talk um, Portland and the Pelicans. Why don't you start us off uh, there, Lee? Who do you like here in this game? And, you know, are you targeting this game or, or are you fading this game? Well, there's a couple. I have two players to basically star in the late slate. One of those is is uh, Anthony Simons, who's named after Penny Hardaway. Did you know that? I didn't realize that. <laughs> I did not know that. No, I did not. <laughs> yeah. But you know, had Anthony Simons at 6,500. He's got 40-point potential almost every night, uh, even with Damon in the lineup. Nurkic is back. He's another guy that I wouldn't mind starting at 6,000. Hmm. Uh, his last game, he got back to 26 minutes, but he, you know, he missed like a month, and he's back now, and he's – Still not up to speed, really, but that does kind of open up more uh, more shooting for Simons and for Dame. So, so really, it's those two on the just uh, Simons and Nurkic on the Portland side that I'm interested in this game. And if I you? remember, yeah, if I remember correctly, I think I actually saw something. I'm just I'm kind of like because uh, I'm in a fantasy league and I got like a notification on my phone. I think Dame might actually be questionable for this one as well. I think they might have actually changed that. So um, that would be a huge one. Obviously, try to confirm that while we're talking here, but. Uh, that would be a huge one, obviously. If that is true, then uh, Anthony Simons would be a very, very good play. Uh, I would definitely lock him in. Uh, yeah, I do see a questionable tag here. It looks like he is – oh, he's listed as probable. So there probably will be some game time. So, uh, But I still like Simons. He's okay. But, yeah, I think my guy on the Portland side, the only guy I really have on my list here is Yusuf Nurkic at 6000 You already mentioned it, so not going to go into too much detail. But I do think that's a, a very good price here for a guy that's been missing over there in Portland. They really missed his production. So – uh, looking forward to see what he can do, even though it's uh, it's not a great matchup, but it's not a bad matchup either against the Pelicans. So uh, I do like that call. Uh, on the Pelicans side, though, I mean, obviously no Brandon Ingram. Uh, I think C.J. McCollum might be my top play uh, here for this entire slate. Uh, it's only four games, so but 7,500 for C.J. McCollum. Uh, first of all, that price tag is just too cheap for what he's been bringing to the table. Second of all, there might not be a Brandon Ingram, so that's a, a little bump for him. And third of all, we got a little bit of a narrative here, right? It's Portland, <laughs> and uh, obviously played a long time with Portland. Uh, you know, wants to show Dame, show out for for Dame and all that. Uh, I think CJ McCollum is a very, very good player. Uh, gets a little underrated here, so uh, I do like him a whole lot here on this slate. Uh, some other Pelicans I'm looking at here, just with Bi out. Same guys I was looking at. With this slate, uh, this slate tonight that we're the night we're recording here is uh, Trey Murphy at 5500 and Najee Marshall at 3900. I think Trey Murphy's the 
cash play, the more safe play, obviously. Najee Marshall uh, is definitely a GPP play. Tonight he's kind of not putting up too, too impressive numbers, but it is a back-to-back for them. So maybe he gets a few more minutes here. You know, you never know. So uh, those are two guys that I'd be looking at here. But, yeah, Trey Murphy, I think, you know, I mentioned it before, but – in the last pod, but, uh, you know, if we're looking at offense, defense, the Pelicans need more offense right now with no Brandon Ingram. So I think Trey Murphy brings that to the table. So were those the same Pelicans you're targeting as well? Yeah. You know, especially when Ingram's out, it seems like it's CJ McCollum and Trey Murphy that really get the usage when, when that happens. And you know, Murphy's been a pretty solid contributor pretty much every night on a team that's lost a lot of games due to injury. In his last four games, he's averaging about 37 minutes a game and 31 point fantasy points per game. So I really like him. Uh, especially if Ingram sits out. Also, the other guy I kind of like this game is Joval at 6,300, but it's a Sunday. Joval's playing tonight, Saturday night. Good chance he won't play tomorrow. So, uh, again, even more reason to like Murphy. So there'll probably be some good value in the front court uh, for New Orleans tomorrow, just a matter of having to take a closer look when lineups come out. Yeah, yeah. Could you have some some Willie Gernan Gomez or something like that? Some you know uh, some guys that are just not typically getting minutes. I get some minutes here against the Portland Trailblazers, so I like that call. Uh, all right, let's talk about the OKC Thunder and the San Antonio Spurs. I'll go ahead and start us off here. Uh, I do like this matchup here. Obviously, I always like when two not very good teams match up, and these two teams are are uh, well. You know, the Thunder. I wouldn't say the Thunder aren't tanking this season. They're actually playing Shea Gilgis Alexander here and there, so they're not fully tanking. Uh, but I don't think they have any real designs uh, on the postseason. They're hoping they make it, but they're not really going to be upset if they don't make it. But anyways, uh, I'll, t- I'll start with the OKC side. You know, Shea Gilgis Alexander, 9100. Uh, yeah, I think sign me up for that one definitely uh, against the Spurs, who are. Pretty much, you know, like I said, tanking. Uh, I actually don't think I'm going to have a ton of exposure to him just because I think a lot of people are going to have him in their lineups. And uh, I need to be a little bit unique here with a four-game you know, four game slate here. So I, I'm i actually going to pivot a lot of my lineups here to another guy I like on, on the OKC Thunder. And it's pretty obvious because I've been talking about him all season. But Jalen Williams, 7,100. Uh, this guy's been playing insane for the last uh, couple of weeks here, putting up like 50-plus DK points here and there. Uh, and, you know, as you've been saying, Lee, you, you're, you're spot on there. We need to look for that upside right now more than ever uh, because you are getting guys that you're just getting so many value plays, guys that are like 3K, 4K that are putting up, you know, 30, 40 uh, DK points that you're just going to have insane, insane uh, finishing scores. And so you got to have that upside there. I think Jalen Williams is absolutely an upside play. Uh, get some steals, get some threes. Uh, scoring obviously is there. So, yeah, uh, I think I'm actually going to pivot from SJ to Jalen Williams in a lot of my lineups. Talk to me about the OKC side, though. Are you seeing the same thing I'm seeing, or uh, are there other guys you're looking at there that I might have missed? Uh, you know, not too much different than what you're saying, because it's uh, it's OKC. You know, it seems like uh, it's a little unpredictable, even at best. SGA seems to be about the only lock to me. Even Giddy's, but his I love Giddy, but at eight thousand, he's really got to be more consistently a 35, 45 point scorer at night, and he's not. You know, and then I love Lou Dort. I will play Lou Dort every chance that I can squeeze him into my lineup because I just love that. That's He's going to have that big steals and blocks game sooner or later. He hasn't really had one yet this year, but it's coming. Mm-hmm. You know, then I think if I remember, Pokusevsky back, isn't he? He was yeah. like months and he's just – I see he's back in the uh, – at least active, but I haven't seen yeah. him actually play yet. So yeah. you know, at 4,200, he might be worth a flyer. Uh, but, uh, yeah, on the OKC side, like I said, I, I'm probably going to end up fading uh, not just OKC, but also San Antonio in this game. 
Yeah, it's. Uh, I understand that completely. I think there is some value to be had here, though. Um, but yeah, I think um, I think you're right, though. Pokashevsky's he's back. He's not playing, but yeah, that that front court rotation in OKC is just something I just I just don't even want to touch because I just don't know <laughs> who's going to play from from night to night. Uh, Jalen Williams looked like a lock for a little while, but I just don't know anymore. So yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go there. Um, but on the San Antonio side, I think that there's some guys also, especially if Kelvin Johnson is out. Uh, I do want to talk to one guy that I think a lot of people are going to have in the lineups, and I want to just warn them. Uh, real quickly, and that's Zach Collins. Uh, you know, I like Zach Collins. I think he's a, a talented player. I have him in some a lot of my fantasy teams, actually. And uh, he's he's a good fantasy player. But you need to be wary because, A, the Spurs aren't trying to win, so they're trying to play everybody, 20 minutes, basically. And, B, they just signed Sandro, I can't even say it, Mushkuzveli. I, I'm a, I butchered that last name. I apologize, Sandro. Uh, I'll have to study up on that last name before I get onto the podcast. But anyway, Sandro came in, uh, and actually he saved me in the last game because I bet Zach Collins is under uh, against the Denver Nuggets, and Zach Collins was having a pretty good game. And he was having such a good game that the Spurs told him, hey, you sit down, and Sandro, you get in there and start playing some minutes. Uh, and so, you know, he took some of those minutes away from Zach Collins, uh, helped me hit my under. But, you know, Zach Collins only managed 21 minutes in that game. So, uh, Zach Collins at 6,200 is a very big dice roll. And if, if you're doing a dice roll, I don't think you want to do that at 6,200. So uh, I would say stay away. That would be my suggestion here, Lee, uh, for, for Zach Collins fans out there. But let, let me have you, um, you know, talk to me about the Spurs side of the ball. Who do you like over there? Uh, maybe you do like Zach Collins. Tell me I'm wrong. That's fine. But who do you like on the Spurs? Well, I don't like trying to predict what Pop's going to do from night to night. So yeah. even in the best of times, uh, I really end up fading uh, San Antonio more than most people do. I mean, Kelvin Johnson's the most reliable player on the team, and certainly at 6,700, he's worth a start. Uh, you mentioned Collins. He's another good guy that at 6,200 is, is at least have some value. But the whole guard team, you know, Vassal's been back, but he's not necessarily as, as productive as he was a while ago. And then you've got, you know, Devonnie Graham. It seems to be taking a backseat now to Bronham. And uh, probably the most frustrating, one of the most frustrating players in my NBA life is Bassey. And, mm-hmm. you know, here's a guy who is uh, over a point a minute fantasy scorer when he's in the lineup for most nights, but uh, you just have no idea how many minutes he's going to play on a nightly basis. So like I said, I, there's a, to me, the Spurs for the rest of the year are pretty much just filler plays. If I've got 5,000 left and Vassal happens to be 5,000, there's my guy uh, still somewhat reliable, but, but uh, I don't want to have to count on them for the points that I think I'm going to need to win a tournament. Yeah, Devin Vassell at 5,800, that's the one guy I'd be looking at, especially if there's no Kelvin Johnson. Uh, minutes are starting to tick up again from that injury he suffered. So I uh, got over 30 in that last one. That's really all I was looking for. So um, I think he's in a good place still at 5,800. I know uh, there is that uh, uncertainty that you mentioned with the Spurs, but I think it's a four-game slate. We have to take some risk somewhere. So, um, you know, for me, I, I think he's a good play. Uh, you know, regardless of, of uh, whether or not, well, hopefully he plays <laughs> a full a full assortment of minutes, but we never do know. Uh, another guy I have on the Spurs here, just one more, is uh, Doug McDermott at 3,500. Just had 28 minutes in that last game. It's tank season. I think he's a perfect tank season type guy because <laughs> he can go out there and not play any defense and jack up threes and maybe hit some. So a perfect hit or miss, you know, GPP type play guy. Uh, but this is definitely a very risky play, so I would not suggest it in cash games, even if you're looking at those box scores and you're seeing, you know, hey, he had 28 minutes last game and 30, I think it was 33 DK points, something like that. Um, yeah, I'm not going to bake on him 
doing that again. I would absolutely not bank on that. I'm hoping that, you know, he gives me at least 15 to 20 DK points here at 3,500. So, you know, it's a decent play. And if he does more than that, because they're in tank season and they're giving him the ball, that's that's fantastic for me. So I do like him as a play as well. Um, let's move on, though. Let's talk about the New York Knicks and the L.A. Lakers. This is actually going to be a really good game, which uh, I wouldn't have said that earlier in the season, especially now with the Lakers. But a uh, pretty good game now, Lee. Uh, talk to me about, about this game. Are you excited to watch it? Let me ask you that first. <laughs> yeah, it's a one-point spread. Uh, yeah. You know, so even Vegas thinks it's going to be a close game. And, uh, you know, a lot of it, you certainly know LeBron's out. Hopefully Davis plays. Uh, you know, Brunson, to me, is a key player in this game as well because Randall doesn't seem to have his best games without Brunson also in the lineup. So, uh, another guy that's been surprisingly consistent about the last month when he wasn't before that is R.J. Barrett. You know, he's been putting up 35, 40 fantasy points a night consistently uh, for the second half of the season. But Bob, my favorite play in this game, I guess I've got two, one on each side. But to me, uh, on the next side, Josh Hart at 5,300. You know, he's been uh, averaging about 30 minutes per game and about 27 fantasy points per game over the last five. And he's just the kind of guy who... You can squeeze in under the radar and and gives you that consistent production you're looking for. The other guy I really like in this game is Jared Vanderbilt. If you know as as long as LeBron has been out, Vanderbilt's been grabbing rebounds. And right now for the Lakers, every game and every rebound counts times ten. You know when they're they're trying to to make that playoff run. So I really like him in this lineup as well, especially at five thousand. How about you? Yeah, no, I I think those are good calls. Um, I think you know for me when I'm looking at this game, I think I think all the Knicks, honestly, are pretty, are a little bit underpriced. That's what I'm looking at here. So, um, you know, you mentioned Julius Randle. He struggled a bit without without Brunson. I agree with that 100%. Um, not necessarily going to go out of my way to, to roster him, but if you want to be a contrarian, I think he's going to be very low owned. So at 9,800, I think you can take some stabs at him if you have multiple lineups out there. I don't think it's the best play in the world, but then again, if you say it's not the best play in the world, and then all of a sudden the guy has, you know, a quadruple double, you know, who, who knows? But uh, but I do like quickly a whole lot at 6,900, uh, especially with no Brunson in there, obviously. Um, if Brunson is playing, then, then yeah, I'm definitely not playing quickly. But, but yeah, this is a good matchup here for quickly. Uh, going to get D'Angelo Russell on the other side of the ball. A little bit banged up D'Angelo Russell as well. So I do like him here. He's a very, very quick uh, you know, first up type guy. Should be able to get to the rim. They don't have Mo Bamba. Uh, Anthony Davis isn't really a true center. So I think it's going to be uh, a good matchup here for uh, Manuel quickly at 6,900. I, I like him a lot. I've also got Mitchell Robinson at 5,400. Just, uh, again, just too cheap. Um, you know, again, Anthony Davis does not like to bang with the big boys. Like <laughs> We've got that. We know that. That's already set in stone. He's said that himself before. Uh, and Mitchell Robinson is a very big, uh, big dude. So he's going to be able to uh, dominate the middle, I would hope, uh, against this Lakers uh, front court. And then the last guy I got here, uh, which I actually had him in my last lineups, uh, next, next play last, and uh, did did pretty well, I should say, earlier today with the uh, single game showdown. And that's uh, Quentin Grimes at 3,800. Mm-hmm. He's kind of the um, pivot off of quickly. But uh, in many ways, I think he's – Maybe even a little bit better of a play than quickly here, just because of the price points. Three thousand less, uh, pretty much guaranteed to get increased, you know, shot shot attempts here. As long as he's hitting those shot attempts, he should be able to hit value for you with considerable upside. So, you know, I think quickly uh, at six thousand hundred is a good play. But uh, you know, if he has a bad shooting night, then that's really going to sink you because that's a, that's a pretty hefty price tag for a guy that's going to lay a dud for you. So, yeah, that's my thoughts. Yeah, the next side. Yeah, go ahead. I really think you know if. To me, quickly is a good start in any case, whether Brunson's in or not. But certainly Brunson's out, Grimes becomes a very attractive play 
Yeah. So, yeah, I completely agree with you on those calls. Yeah. And then uh, on the Lakers side, uh, Anthony Davis, 10-7. I mean, sure, uh, why not? Uh, you know, there's a LeBron James still. He's going to be the dude. Uh, just had a, a stinker, too, so hopefully people are off of him. Uh, and it wasn't even really a stinker. He kind of just did what his team needed him to do uh, to, to, you know, win that game. But, um, but yeah, he's at 10-7. Obviously, very capable of putting up big numbers. And I do also like D'Angelo Russell at 6,800. He looked really good in his return from an ankle injury. Uh, and I think he does a lot of things for this uh, Lakers team that they've been missing. Uh, getting the getting the ball out in transition, pace, playing with pace. Um, he had like 22 points, I think, in that, in that return there. Uh, quite a few assists. I think he's going to fit in really, really well with this Lakers squad. Uh, so I'm looking forward to hit to him. Uh, you know, his price will probably climb into the mid seven thousands. I think right now you're getting a little bit of a discount, six thousand eight hundred. So, uh, any other Lakers that you like here that uh, I didn't mention? Yeah, you know, Russell and Schroeder are always nice plays. Uh, like I said, really to me, it's Vanderbilt because he's such a good value. I love AD, uh, especially in what is more or less a prime time game. Uh, I really like his. Uh, I, you know, I think <laughs> it's funny, like in normal situation. The Lakers, the position the Lakers are in, you just play AD till he dropped, but you can't play AD till he drops because he drops way too fast, right? <laughs> yeah. So, but I could definitely see him paying 35 minutes tomorrow night and uh, or tonight and uh, and dominating this game for the Lakers. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, all right, I think there's only one game we haven't talked about yet here, Lee. So let's talk about it. Uh, probably the game I have the least interest in which is actually the first time I've said that about a Wizards game in a while. But it's the Wizards and the Philadelphia 76ers. We have a spread in favor of Philly of eight points and a 230.5 game total. So, yeah, I'm not super interested in this one, so I'm just going to let you tell me. Tell me who you like in this game. Do you like anybody? Am I crazy for mostly fading this game? I kind of like a little of this game. I okay. think I mentioned earlier I had two guys I was starring for this slate. Right. One of those was Anthony Simons, and the other one – is Bradley Beal. Mm-hmm. And uh, Beal's been very consistent lately. He's been picking up the slack of a lot of other guys missing, which is just the opposite of the norm, right? With Usually it's Beal missing all the games. But he's been uh, 37 minutes a game lately, 46 fantasy points the last seven games. 8,400 seems rather cheap considering the, his his recent production at least. And then you got the two guards for Washington. You know, DeLon Wright's been, been playing very well in the absence of Monty Morris, but Monty Morris is back now. They both scored in the 20s, uh, fantasy points-wise, in the last game. But uh, Manny, Monty Morris is, uh, again, one of those guys I talked about. At 4,600, he's probably going to get you 25 fantasy points, but probably not one point more than that most nights. So so there is some. I think there's some value on the Washington side, and I do like it if somebody's not going to play to take up the slack. Whoever that player is, I would maybe look to start them. But to me, uh, this looks like a pretty easy 76ers win. And what you run into then is the Anthony Melton I do like at 4,600. You know, he's, he's been only averaging about 23 his last six games. But uh, this is the kind of game where he should excel against uh, some pretty weak guards on the other side. And and then, you know, whatever what happened to Tobias Harris? I just... Here's yeah. a guy who just – my entire DFS career has been just one of the most reliable players in the NBA to start on a nightly basis. And he's just been – his last five, I think he's averaging 25 points, fantasy points a game, and some of those have been without Embiid. So yeah. it's really hard for me to understand and to figure out what's going on with uh, with Tobias Harris. But, you know, all the guards for Philly, always good starts. Uh, Maxie's always a good play. And, um 
like I said, I, I'm just still struggling trying to figure out Tobias Harris on a nightly basis. Yeah, I do have Tobias Harris here as a GPP play. I think, you know, for me, it's um, these are mainly GPP plays. But, yeah, I think Bradley Beal, 8,400, I think that's definitely my favorite play in this game. I've been pounding that uh, Bradley Beal, uh, banging on that drum for probably a good solid week and a half now. And, uh, you know, he's actually done really well in this matchup against Philadelphia historically. So uh, he's just a, a very gifted scorer. Uh, I can't say he plays every uh, dimension of the of the uh, NBA game. Uh, his defense is pretty suspect, but, you know, on the offensive side, uh, for DFS purposes, he does what we want him to do. So uh, 8,400, I think he's absolutely in play there. But, yeah, I do have Tobias Harris here as a GPP play. And it's, a, it's an interesting thing. I don't – I'm not a guy that watches a whole lot of Philadelphia 76ers basketball. I don't find a lot of joy in watching James Harden and Embiid flail around and get, and get fouls. That's just my opinion. I'm not saying they're bad players. Don't come at my head, uh, Philadelphia 76ers fans. I think they're going to be there in the end when uh, you know when the playoffs start. I'm excited to see them in the playoffs. I'll watch more of them then. But uh, not my favorite brand of basketball to watch. But I think Tobias Harris, you know, when you're talking about why has he fallen off a cliff in terms of production, it's just that he's not getting the same uh, usage. He's not not he have, doesn't have the same role on the team. You know, um, you've got Maxi emerging. You've got obviously Embiid and Harden there that have to get their shots. Now you have Jalen McDaniels also in that mix. Um, taking some minutes away from him here and there. So I think it's just been a rough go here for Tobias Harris, but I think for that makes a, perf- a perfect play for, for a GPP because if he does have a really good game, uh, we all know he's a very talented guy. Uh, we've seen, like you said, in the past, very consistent guy scoring, you know, anywhere from 25 to 35 DK points pretty much on the regular. Uh, so if he can, you know, rekindle some of that flame there at 5,900, you do, you're, you're, you're definitely working with a, a, a good price tag there. So, uh, but the guy that I did mention just now, if you're scripting this for a blowout on the Philadelphia side, I do like Jalen McDaniels quite a bit. I think he'll get a few extra minutes, uh, you know, if this is not a game in the fourth quarter. Uh, and he's got, you know, one of those games where it's like he contributes in everything, rebounds, blocks, steals, uh, points. So uh, he's a guy I would look at if you're saying, hey, this is going to be a blowout. Washington stands no chance. I would not play Bradley Beal in that scenario or Christoph Sporzingis. They're probably not going to have good games. But I would play Jalen Daniels, maybe some Melton, something like that. On the Washington side, you could look at guys like uh, Denny Avisha, uh, things like that. But, uh, but, yeah, I wouldn't load up too heavily in this game. I just don't. Don't think it's going to be uh, 230.5 seems a little high for me for the for the game total. I don't think it's going to be a very DFS friendly game. So there's my two cents. But let's talk about Thrive. If you guys aren't thriving, thrivefancy.com is where you go. You go sign up. Uh, you're going to use promo code Ethos. You're going to get your first deposit match up to 250 bucks. And uh, you know I think I've been pretty dry on Thrive recently, but I've got three here that I like. Uh, Lee, uh, how many plays do you have? I also have three, all from the same NBA game. Oh, wow. All from the same game. Okay, well, that's interesting. Uh, well, I won't let you – I'll go first, and I won't let you uh, give away the, the, the goose just yet. Um, I've got C.J. McCollum over 44.5 assists, and that's 80 points against the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, that might be the game you're, you're targeting. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, I think, you know, again, McCollum's going to have a big game here for assuming Brandon Ingram's banged up or going to be out. Uh, I mean, Thrive's already telling you they think he's going to get this uh, prop, and I think he's going to get it as well. So I think it's an easy – uh, free play, if you will. So I do like that one. Uh, what's what's your first play there? I'll just match you with McCollum. He's averaging yeah. 5.8 assists a game. The number he's shooting for is only four and a half. So you know he's been over four and a half in four of his last five games. And again, he thrive again, like you said, at 80 points is telling you this is an easy one. So yeah. Well, my like my next two are from a different game. So at least uh, at least that'll be a little <laughs> different for people. I do have Anthony Davis under 11.5 rebounds. It's 110 points against the New York Knicks. Uh, New York Knicks are they have big bodies to throw at uh, Anthony Davis. That's going to bother him. It has bothered him in the past. He doesn't like to bang with the big boys. I'm telling you guys right now, 
he might be hovering around that perimeter a little bit more in this game. I might want to look at his over threes prop actually now that I'm thinking about it. But, uh, but you know, they've got Mitchell Robinson out there. Uh, they've got Isaiah Hartenstein. Um, they've just got, and they've got even uh, Jericho Sims. They've just got big guys that they can throw out there that just are going to work those boards. I think the Knicks are going to uh, own the boards here. Uh, no Mobamba either for the Lakers, so it's going to be a rough one for them. So I have under 11.5 rebounds for Anthony Davis. What's your other one for that Portland and uh, New Orleans game? Well, uh, you know, play at your own risk, but Damian Lillard under 31.5 actual points. Mm. It's a 105-point uh, play on on Thrive, but mm. you know, Dave, is, Dave is averaging – very close to that number for the year. But uh, there are three things that make me think that he'll, I want to bet the under of that 31.5 point total. And one is that he's been under that for the last three games. I think a big reason for that is that Anthony Simons has been picking it up quite a bit and has been pretty hot. And the other thing is Nurkic is back. He's going to get some of those points back. He's going to get some of that usage back that, that normally would fall to Dame. So, I do like uh, Damian Lillard under 31 and a half actual points at 105 points on Thrive. I don't mind it. Spicy, spicy, but I don't mind it at all. I think that's a, a decent play uh, for sure. All right, my last one here is from that, again, from that Knicks and, uh, and Lakers game. I have D'Angelo Russell over 26.5 points, rebounds, and assists. That's 130 points. So that's a, that's a big reason I'm playing it because it's a big a big number there. Um, you know, he scored 22 in his return. I think it's not out of the question for him to score, you know, 18 to 20 here. So we'll say he scores 18. He's going to have seven or eight uh, assists. So 20, so we'll say 18 plus seven assists. That's 20, what, five already? He needs two rebounds. Yeah, I think I think this is a really good play for you guys. Um, obviously, if he has a bad shooting night, goes, you know, three of 14 or something like that, uh, that could really um, destroy us here. But you're playing it for the big points there. You're playing in a big field, but most likely. So you want to grab those big points where you can. So I think that's a good play for you guys on Thrive. What's your last play there, Lee? Uh, last play would be Nurkic under eight and a half rebounds. That's worth 90 Thrive fantasy points. You know, he's back. He's just back from missing about a month. Blazers are easing him back into regular minutes, and he's played two games since he's returned. He's only grabbed five and six rebounds in those games. So pretty confident he's still a little ways away from grabbing nine. You know, again, Joe Ball, if he doesn't play, might help Nurkic's cause of getting over that eight and a half rebound total. But but uh, all things being equal, I do like the under here. Fair enough. I like it, man. So that's it, guys. That's our Thrive plays and our DraftKings plays for Sunday's slate. Uh, split slate there. I hope you guys like them. I am Keith Cork. You can find me on Twitter at at DSBP Keith and Lee. Where can people find you and your work? Uh, Twitter at Lee from Fargo. And I will be uh, online throughout the day uh, to uh, answer any questions uh, at the uh, both on the uh, Discord channel and uh, on Twitter. Yeah, just tag us in there, guys. If you guys have a DFS pass and you're being silent, don't be silent. Tag us. Ask us your questions. We will help you guys out. You know, who would you start? This guy or this guy? How do you feel about this guy? Um, yeah, we love that kind of stuff. Um, I know a few seasons ago when Mike Patria was was with the uh, Sports Ethos clan, we had like eight or nine guys that were just constantly asking questions in there. I loved it. So we got to get back to that. So definitely t- tag us in there. Let us know. He has to pop in every once in a while, but we need a little bit more chatter in there. Anyways, until next time, guys. Go get that money.